This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. Do students learn more at charter schools? Even more important, does the charter schooling experience have a positive long-term impact on student lives? Are they more likely to go to college and finish college and enjoy the benefits of a college education the rest of their life? Well, there's different answers to that question. We don't have a lot of detail on the long tree. But now we have a new study, and this one is of KIPP. KIPP is a charter school network. The full name is Knowledge is Power Program. Knowledge is Power Program, or KIPP. Now, it's arguably the best-known, most-applauded charter school network in the United States. It has schools in Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., New York City, Philadelphia, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, and many other cities. So this is a big-time is some I've, I've heard it said that it is one of the largest school systems in the country, even though we never think of it as a one school system. Now, a number of places, a number of scholars have looked at some KIPP schools, and they've seen some schools lift uh, lifting uh, student achievement. But this is the first time that we have a study that looks at the long-term effects of going to a KIPP school. And the study has been done by the noted evaluation firm Mathematica, and the study is called Long-Term Impacts of KIPP Middle and High Schools on College Enrollment, Persistence, and Attainment. One of its principal authors is Ira Nichols-Bearer, a senior researcher at Mathematica, and I'm pleased to have Ira Nichols-Bearer with me today on the Education Exchange. Ira, this is an important study that people have been waiting for. Thank you for joining me on the Education Exchange. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. So there's two big findings in your study as I read it. Can you tell our listeners what your two big findings are? So we have two sets of findings in this study. One set of findings about the effect of attending a KIPP middle school, and then a second set of findings, which are about the combined effects of going to KIPP for both middle school and high school. And the findings are different uh, depending on which intervention you're looking at, just middle school or going to KIPP for both middle and high school. So our results for middle schools are ambiguous. So we find that KIPP middle schools alone have an effect that's positive, but not statistically significant on enrollment in four-year college programs. But when you look at the combined effect of going to KIPP for both middle and high school, the effects are dramatic and they are statistically significant. We find there's about a 30 percentage point impact on the likelihood of enrolling in a four-year college program. And that, uh, the, again, going to KIPP for both middle and high school nearly doubles the percentage of students who graduate from a four-year college program. Well, how many students are we talking about? How many students are you... Uh able to study in this. I know you looked at the very early years of the KIPP program because it takes a long time to go to school and graduate from high school and graduate from college. So you you had to start a long time ago. So can you sort of tell us the group of students that you've uh, been following? Yeah, this is a group of about 2,000 students who applied to a KIPP middle school in 2008, 2009, or 2011. So you're right, we've been tracking these students for you know, between 11 to 14 years, depending on the, the entry year into KIPP. And the sample uh, is smaller than the overall size of the KIPP network. KIPP currently serves about 120,000 students in a given year. Um, but our sample is limited to students who applied to a KIPP middle school that held a lottery to determine who, who got in. 
So these are oversubscribed schools, schools where there's more applicants than available seats. And there's a random admission lottery determining who gets in. So what we have is a randomized control trial in this study. We're comparing a group of students who got an admission offer to an equivalent group of students who did not get an admission offer through the lottery. So among those who win the lottery, how many actually go to a KIPP school? So if that's a great question. It's about uh, 70%. So not everyone who gets an offer actually attends a KIPP middle school. And then not everyone who goes to a KIPP middle school had the opportunity to go on to a KIPP high school. So it's about 70% um, of our sample went to a KIPP middle school and about 35% went to a KIPP middle school and a KIPP high school. So now one of the issues that comes up when you look at the high school findings, which are the most interesting findings because you're showing that KIPP is really having a positive effect there, um, you, the question comes up, is this really conforming to the random assignment um, experimental design uh, format? Or are you, I know you call it an exploratory study in the report and you don't quite have random assignment to high school, do you? That's right. Yeah, there's a random assignment in terms of who gets an offer to attend a kid middle school but it's not random in terms of who goes to a KIPP high school. There's two things going on there. One is that not every student had the opportunity. So in some regions of the country, at the time our sample was progressing through middle school and high school, there was no KIPP high school in their school district. There was no way they could have attended a KIPP high school. And even in districts that had a KIPP high school, sometimes there were many more KIPP eighth graders than available seats at a KIPP high school. So that's one factor going on. Not, not everyone could have gone to a KIPP high school. And the other factor is a selection effect. So it's it was likely the students who liked to going to KIPP the most who chose to keep uh, attending KIPP for high school after middle school. And so we use a different uh, analytical method, an instrumental variables model, to estimate the combined effect of going to KIPP for both middle school and high school, which is a little bit more complicated and does involve some additional assumptions than just the pure randomized control trial design we have when we're looking at the effect of a middle school admissions offer. Well, don't you have to sort of assume that uh, those high schools just show up in some places rather than others uh, more or less at random, that there's no systematic difference between the places where the opportunity is there and the places where the opportunity is not there. That's right. That is the key assumption. And that's something we looked at very carefully in this study is we, we tested that assumption in various ways and estimated that combined middle school and high school model in multiple multiple ways. Some In some models, we were looking at variation across regions and the availability of high school seats. And we also tested other alternative models as robustness checks that only looked within a region across years if uh, as the number of high school seats expanded and use that as our instrument within region variation and high school access, uh, which potentially is a little bit closer to random than the decisions KIPP was making nationally about which regions would get high schools first. Well, there's a variety of ways of interpreting your findings, and I'm curious uh, to know just uh, how you interpret them. As I read your report, uh, you're placing a lot of weight on the KIPP's efforts to help kids uh, apply to college and, and prepare themselves for college in high school. That from your point of view, KIPP high schools 
are very value added over the typical high school that uh, disadvantaged kid. And these are basically disadvantaged kids that are going to KIPP, I believe. Um, so they need some helps if they're going to make it through college. And you're saying that KIPP has a lot of them. Could you could you elaborate? Sure. So this is something we, we wanted to learn about when we were looking at our results and just how different the, the results were when you looked at the sample that got to go to KIPP for both middle school and high school. We wanted to understand some potential reasons why. And so uh, one of the things we were looking at was the supports that KIPP offers that are specifically related to college access. So KIPP has an initiative, they call it AP for All. So making sure there's universal or close to universal access to advanced placement courses in KIPP high schools. Uh, KIPP makes a, a large effort and places a large emphasis on um, providing guidance counselor support to students as they're selecting colleges to apply to, to make sure there's a good match. And they're applying to colleges that will offer supports for first-generation college students, which almost all KIPP's alumni are. And uh, in addition, KIPP offers supports after students exit high school. So there's uh, outreach from the KIPP network and additional peer counseling and also mentoring that KIPP offers to students as they progress through college. So it's not just a set of supports that ends in 12th grade, it continues on. Well, I know that KIPP has a lot of these supports in place currently, but were they in place as early as the students who you studied, was that contemporaneous with the period that you're looking at these uh, students? Yes, yes, it is. And, it, and we, did, uh, we did interviews with staff in each of the regions that are in our study sample about the, the supports that were, that were offered. And basically what was happening during this time period is that not every region had a KIPP high school, but the regions that did have a KIPP high school started out with a set of supports for high school students they called uh, KIPP to college that was very focused on uh, helping students to select the right college program and apply. But as those students aged up through high school, they renamed it to KIPP through college as they introduced and developed these supports for alumni that were actually entering college. And um, actually in recent years, KIPP has, has renamed it a third time. I think now it's called KIPP Forward, and it includes supports for uh, career decisions, uh, both for college graduates and students who do not go to college. Well, that's one, of the, that's one of the criticisms of KIPP, that it's all college, college, and that's all they focus on. And yet a lot of kids don't go to college, even in your study, there's a good, you know, you show that it increases uh, the likelihood that kids will uh, enroll in college, but there's still a lot of KIPP students that don't enroll. And so the question is, is uh, KIPP abandoning the non-college students? Yeah, I think if you were to you know, talk to staff at KIPP, both KIPP schools and the, the National Foundation that supports the network, this is something they think about a lot. And it, I mean, that is part of the the reason they chose to rename that uh, set of supports to that what they're currently calling it, which is KIPP Forward, is that they they recognize that there are non-college pathways that some of their alumni might be choosing, such as moving directly into their careers or military service or options outside of a four-year college program like vocational training, and they want those students to have good career outcomes as well. Well, there's a difference between college and college. You know, the junior colleges are different from the four-year colleges. The chances that you'll finish college are a lot less if you start at a two-year college. A lot of students start at a two-year college, they drop out even within the first year. So it, it, are your findings uh, 
how do your findings outbreak be, uh, between two-year colleges and four-year colleges? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so we don't see effects on enrollment rates in two-year college programs. They're very similar for the students who went to KIPP and students who did not. So where we're picking up these impacts is all in four-year college programs. And just to give you a sense of the magnitude, you know, we, we can track for the two older cohorts in our sample, we can track them five years after high school. And at that five-year point, it's about 70% of the students who went to a KIPP middle and high school who are either graduated from a four-year college program or are still enrolled but haven't graduated yet. And that compares to about 32% in the control group. So again, it's, it's about doubling or a little more than doubling the percentage who are on track in a four-year program. Well, I, I, you mentioned that you're, track, you're tracking these students or you have tracked these students for uh, uh, five years uh, beyond their expected high school graduation date. So the question in my mind, is that long enough? Because I've done in some work that I've done that's similar to yours, I see that, you know, six and seven years out can be, that can be still graduating from college. There's a lot of students who, you know, they, they they skip a year here and there throughout their education quite a bit, especially if they're from disadvantaged backgrounds. They may have to work for a year or something like that. So, um, have you has your study really ended prematurely? <laughs> well, so I I don't do not view this as the as the last study that's worth doing tracking this sample. But and I completely agree with the point the point you're making. Uh, you know, I'd I mentioned that after five five years after high school, it's about seventy percent of the treatment group that went to middle and high school who are still enrolled in a four year college program. It was only forty percent who had actually graduated. So there there are a lot of students who are still enrolled in four year college programs, and we don't know yet if they'll successfully complete their time in a four-year college program or not. We need more, more years of data to assess that. Um, so I hope we'll have opportunities to keep tracking these students in the future. Well, with your latest findings being so positive, maybe there'll be somebody at part of the KIPP community that will say, gee whiz, let's, let's make sure that these findings are actually on target. Let's keep following the kids. So good luck to you on, in that regard. Now, what have I missed? Tell me the key finding that I haven't asked about. Well, I think, I mean, you've covered, I think, the most important central aspects of the study. I think one of the things we are interested in that we don't know yet is, is what happens after college as well. So when you track these students beyond college, do you see effects in terms of their careers, their job placement rates, and their earnings? That's something we would love to know as well. And this study doesn't answer that. That's another question for the future. I'm hopeful you can do that. Yeah, we would love to. I think that'd be fascinating. Yeah, those are, are maybe more available now than, than they used to be. But but now you, we've been talking about what KIPP does, but maybe the story is what the other schools do, the control group. If you don't go to KIPP to high school, are you going to really lousy schools and that really... Uh, the most important thing that KIPP did was just to provide a solid high school experience because there can be a lot of fade out. You can have, we've studied Head Start programs and we've seen kids when they start first grade and so forth, uh, some of those gains that are observed in the Head Start program uh, fade out over time. Do you think that, this, that the, the middle school findings that you get are due to the fact that 
you know, they, they may have had a perfectly good middle school experience, but then they, they end up in a high school that's really not giving students the support they need. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting and important nuance in our findings, that discrepancy between the middle school and the combined middle and high school results. And one of the things that I think is useful to remember is that, you know, our original study of the, these cohorts of students was looking at the effects of KIPP middle schools on their middle school outcomes. So their test scores during middle school and academic achievement. And middle, these KIPP middle schools have large positive impacts on the test scores of students who go to the schools. But they, when you're looking only at the middle schools, those test score impacts in grades you know, five through eight, those don't seem to translate into large impacts on long-term outcomes in college. It's really the combined uh, experience of going to KIPP for middle school, experiencing those boosts in achievement that happened during middle school, but then having it continue on with those college supports that seemed to make the most difference. And so I think there, there was something really important that the students in the control group missed out on, even if they went to KIPP for middle school, if they did not have an opportunity to continue on at, at KIPP for high school. So sometimes I feel like the uh, school choice movement's been upside down, that they really should have focused mostly on the high school. Because if there's any part of the American educational system that seems to me most obviously broken, it is the high school. I find a lot of disenchantment with, with high school on the part of almost any student I talk with. And I find that is especially the case for, for disadvantaged students who go to uh, high schools that, uh, especially if they're overwhelmingly concentrated in areas where uh, disadvantaged students uh, live. So maybe did they school choice movement get it wrong they should have started at the high school and instead of at the elementary school or the middle school well i think that's a great question and this is actually one of the things we have to be careful to say we don't know for sure with our data we don't have a good way of disentangling the the effects of KIPP middle schools from the effects of KIPP high schools for the students who went to both so i think in you know, in our view, it's a combination of both things. There's this boost in achievement in middle school combined with all of the counseling and supports and college-going culture in KIPP high schools that's producing these impacts that we're seeing. And we don't know what would have happened if there were no KIPP middle schools and the intervention just started in, in ninth grade and not in fifth grade. Well, it's a fascinating study. It's an important study. I'm sure it will have uh, a, a big impact on the conversation going forward, and uh, there could be genuine policy impacts from your research, Ira. So thank you for joining me on the Education Exchange. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. I have been speaking with Ira Nichols-Bearer, a senior researcher at Mathematica and co-author of the just-released study entitled Long-Term Impacts of KIPP Middle and High Schools on College Enrollment, Persistence, and Attainment. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me for our new podcast released on the Education Next website every Monday at noon Eastern time.